Hello, Clippers Nation. Welcome to another episode of the internet's newest Clippers podcast. It's hip to clip. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm with you each and every episode as we talk about all things LA Clippers. Well, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast with you guys, and I apologize for that. There wasn't much Clippers news going on, and, you know, life takes you in, in some some positions where you're just your schedule's busy, and that's just what happened with me recently here. But I'm back with you because we have had a few uh, announcements, or at least pending announcements, that we're going to hear about for the LA Clippers with their roster and their coaching staff. So I figured we'd drop an episode here so I can talk to you a little bit more about that information that we have found out and share my opinions of what I what I feel on some of this. So of course, we're talking about uh, the announcement, uh, Wes Johnson. Uh, he's looks like he's opting into his final year of his contract with the Clippers. And then also it looks like all rumors are pointing to, and it's just basically hasn't been announced by the team, but it looks like not only is Doc Rivers going to be back for next season, but it looks like the Clippers are looking at extending his contract. So let's talk about Wes Johnson first before we get into the Doc Rivers stuff. And we talked about it uh, in a prior episode, the Wes Johnson thing. Uh, he's one of those players that... You know, there was no confirmation exactly what was going to happen with their contract, but they did have the opportunity. He has the opportunity, uh, or he did have the opportunity to become one of those free agents uh, based on his contract. He had a player option for his final year of contract, which is this next upcoming season. And when we talked about it before, you know, I, I let you, I let you know that it shouldn't be a surprise if he's back on the roster. Uh, the uh, you know the the demand for Wes Johnson uh, around the NBA probably you know he he was smart he probably knew it wasn't you know a big demand he wasn't going to be getting uh, anywhere near what he can make in the final year of his contract with the Clippers uh, unless he was able to somehow or his agent was able to somehow convince an NBA team that you know Wes Johnson might have been limited in his role with the Clippers on a a uh, team that had been contending for some playoff position uh, over the last few years. And, you know, so it's not a surprise that Wes Johnson is opting into the final year of contract. Uh, it's a final year that's going to pay him $6.1 million. So like I said, you're not gonna, he's not going to get that kind of money elsewhere. The only benefit that Wes Johnson was going to have in opting out of his contract was uh, the possible ability to lock down a guaranteed amount of years, you know, three, four, maybe, you know, I, I don't think anyone would sign him for five years, but you never know with... Uh, you know, every every off season, there's a contract that you look at and you just right away as a fan, you're like, why? Why did this team sign this guy to that kind of contract? So you never know. Things could happen. But the, the possibilities were very slim that Wes Johnson uh, was going to be able to get anywhere near that kind of money and probably very slim that he would be able to get anywhere more than maybe one guaranteed year with an option for a second year, possibly a two or three year deal at the max. But that two or three year, three year deal would have potentially been more of a minimum uh, salary contract. So again, it wouldn't have put him near that 6.1 million Uh, at this point, Wes Johnson's, you know, your, your guy at the end of the bench, who's going to get limited playing time based on scenarios in the game. Uh, Things can change based on the way the roster uh, develops here in the offseason. But, you know, Wes Johnson's got some 
some congestion ahead of him on the depth charts. Of course, you have your uh, potential or your thought of starters. Hopefully, if we can, uh, well, depending on if this roster stays intact the way it is, but you have your uh, starting forwards of Danilo Gallinari and Tobias Harris, who at this point in time, you have to project as the starters in the forward position in the upcoming season. And then you got a Sam Decker in there who, you know, is under contract. He's on a very good contract for the Clippers, but you never know. He could be packaged in some sort of trade uh, that the Clippers are looking for. But at this point, he is probably ahead of Wes Johnson in the pecking order uh, for playing time uh, in the forward positions. You, you got Wes Johnson, who's primarily his career, he's been a small forward, but he's played a lot more of a power forward or a number four role with Doc Rivers here over the last few years. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's more of the role you're looking at for him. He's, you know, he's got the length to compete. He doesn't got the size to compete as a four, but he does have the length. But again, so you have Danilo Gallinari, Tobias Harris, you got Sam Denker ahead of him in the, the depth charts. You got the potential, depending on what happens with Montrez Harrell, if he comes back to the Clippers, and that's all going to be dependent on what another team is willing to offer Harrell as a restricted free agent, the Clippers have a right to to match that. So Clippers control whether, whether or not Harrell comes back to the team next season. So there's four players that are going to potentially be uh, taking up some minutes away from what Wes Johnson will provide you. Uh, and, and you can't forget then you got some of those other players who, uh, you know, possibly play some of those small forward minutes that Wes Johnson can get. And that would be players like uh, Ty Wallace if he comes back. You got Cinderius uh, Thornwell, who in a three guard lineup would be that, you know, combo guard, small forward type player out there. So again, Wes Johnson is down at the end of the the bench. He's not going to get much playing time. He will get spot minutes in certain situations because he does have some length. He has some athleticism and, you know, he brings a benefit of, of that length and athleticism. He, he showed it a little bit this season uh, with his ability to get some block shots throughout the season. So what do I think of Wes Johnson coming back? He is overpaid as a player, uh, but that was something that when the contract was signed a couple years ago, we sort of knew that, but we sort of understood uh, where that was coming from. Wes Johnson had provided serviceable minutes on a very Clipper-friendly contract for a year or two, and the Clippers were looking at wanting to keep that consistency with the team, and uh, he, he the Clippers knew what Wes Johnson was bringing to the team uh, you know, from his couple years with it. So they signed him to a uh, a little bit of a bloated contract. Uh, a lot of people probably weren't fans of that contract. Uh, I understand why the contract was offered and why Wes Johnson signed it. Uh, myself too, I, I probably wasn't the biggest fan of that contract. You're overpaying for a player that you knew wasn't going to be that key piece for a team. But when you look at what players were costing a six million dollars for a serviceable player doesn't sound too bad back in those days and it still doesn't at this point he's not you know he's not taking away from this option that you had as a Clippers team to sign a max player Uh, he's only it's again it's only six million dollars and it is what it is. Will Wes Johnson impact the Clippers in any way next season again spot minutes he's not going to do much unless the Clippers somehow run into major injury issues again this season or this upcoming season. But even then, if you look at it this season, there was a lot of injuries for the Clippers and Wes Johnson still uh, had a hard time getting consistent minutes out there as a Clipper. 
So Wes Johnson's back for next season. Another name that we sort of uh, were hearing that was going to be back, uh, at least for next season, was head coach Doc Rivers. If you listen to me in, in in past episodes, you sort of know where I stand with Doc Rivers. I you know appreciate him as a coach. He's a great coach in the NBA. Uh, he's a proven winner. He's won an NBA championship. He's uh, produced some good results from more than just one team, more than just the Clippers. He did some good work with the Boston Celtics. He even did some good work with the Orlando Magic. But when we look at his term or his tenure with the Clippers, uh, I, I'm looking at it as it's... What more are we going to expect out of Doc Rivers after he's been here for the, the, the time that he's been here? And during that time, he has not had one single season where he's improved the team's wins. He is he came in and he peaked in his first season with the Clippers. And that's the first season where you, you know, we're just putting together or just getting that uh, idea of what a Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan uh, team could do for you. And then you added players such as a J.J. Redick uh, and whatnot. So really, he peaked in that very first season. And from that point down, he has not been able to uh, get that team to take that next step in what he was brought in to do, which was to lead this team to a championship. Uh, You know, make no mistake about it. Doc Rivers wasn't brought in to produce winning seasons with no hardware, no, no trophies to show for it. He was brought in with one goal and one goal only. And that goal was to bring his championship experience as a coach with the Boston Celtics and hopefully translate that with the LA Clippers and bring a title or two to LA's other team. You know, the Lakers have their banners and all that great stuff. And the Clippers were really looking to make that splash and bringing in someone that they felt could lead the team to a championship. And Doc Rivers failed at that one and only goal that he had with the Clippers. Uh, There was different stumbling blocks along the way. And, you know, as a fan, you look back at it and you understand, you know, it's a freak roll of the, of the dice sometimes what happens and injuries or you know owner scandals happen at uh, the worst of times really for the Clippers during the Doc Rivers era. But again, he was brought in with one thing in mind and that was he was brought in to win a championship for the Clippers and he was not able to succeed with that goal as the head coach of a team that had three all-star, all-NBA, Olympic-caliber players on a roster. And that was that, that has to be seen as a tremendous fail for Doc Rivers. Now, with that said, last season, he did uh, per, uh, coach the team, a team that overachieved based on what you saw with their roster and the amount of injuries they had to deal, deal with, the amount of young rookies and G League players that were on the court during key times for the Clippers throughout the season. And so the team last year, yes, they did overachieve. And, you know, you got to sort of look at it. I mean, it was a very un-Doc Rivers-like season last season. Doc Rivers typically doesn't like to play rookies, doesn't like to play young, unproven players. He likes to play players that he knows what he's getting out of them. And that's why you look at his tenure with the Clippers when he was the GM. He was bringing a lot of those older veterans that he knew what he was going to get out of those players. He was bringing in players that he had coached previously, either in Orlando or in Boston. And again, it's because he was comfortable bringing in these players that he had worked with in the past, that he knew what to expect out of them, and that he knew what he would get out of them on the court. And so you look at this last season... 
you know, Doc Rivers had to do something Doc Rivers doesn't do, and that was play a bunch of unproven players. And guess what? It was successful. So now you look going into next season, you're going to have Doc Rivers back. All words are now are saying that he's actually going to be extended as the coach with the Clippers. So it doesn't look like it's just going to be next season. It looks like you're having Doc Rivers as the coach for multiple seasons going forward. Hey, I love consistency, but again, we talked about Doc Rivers. Last season was a non-Doc Rivers type season as a coach because he was playing players that he typically would not have played. Sindarius Thornwell, Jawan Evans, Ty Wallace, uh, those players would not have gotten much playing time. You know, they would have been pretty much stuck in the G League for most of the season had it not been been uh, for the injuries that forced Doc Rivers' hands and forced him to use those players on his team. So we'll have to see now. I I mean, I'm not confident that we're going to see this new era of Doc Rivers coaching where he's now going to be comfortable relying on younger, unproven talent uh, for a team uh, in the ultimate goal to try and, you know, get back into the playoffs and, you know, fight for a championship again. So that's going to be the big question with this. I mean, I, I, I obviously, I mean, you've heard me in past episodes. I, I'm, I was ready. I'm at this point, I still am ready for the Clippers to move on, get a fresh voice as the head coach of the team and look at a new direction for this team. It's, uh, you know, they're not in a full on rebuild, but it's definitely you're at a point where you have this fork in the road where you can keep going on the path you've been going on for the last five years, or you can, you know, forge a new path and, and, and take a little bit of a different direction. And that's what I was hoping to hear from the Clippers in this offseason. Uh, that's what I was hoping to hear, you know, that maybe they would relieve Doc Rivers. Uh, and not bring him back for the final year of the contract. You know, Steve Ballmer has a lot of money. He can eat a year of a coach's contract if he needs to or work out a buyout agreement or whatever they had to do. But when it was announced Doc Rivers was coming back, you're like, okay, we'll do one more year of Doc Rivers. Uh, It probably, you know, he'll probably produce a team that's going to win somewhere between 40 and 45 games. Uh, Very likely in that scenario you're going to miss the playoffs and then you're going to look at it as okay it's time to move on so one more year of this uh it'll give the clippers a chance to get some new some more young pieces in there build a little bit more of a core roster so then when doc rivers is gone after next season you have an idea of what you need as a coach and you can look at some of those uh younger coaching voices that you could bring onto the team Unfortunately, now, again, the rumors are are circulating. It seems like it's pretty much a a foregone conclusion. Doc Rivers is probably going to sign some sort of extension with the Clippers and be the coach, not just for next season, but down the line. So I'm a little scared as a Clipper fan. I'm uh, worried that, you know, this new Doc Rivers is uh, not... It's just a mirage, and it's not the new Doc Rivers. It's just sort of a an outlier season, and we're going to revert back to Doc Rivers relying on the pieces that he knows, and uh, you know, looking to sign these veteran, uh, you know, on their last leg or over the hill players that he's hoping can, you know, provide one more burst of uh, production for a team. Uh, that has not been successful for him. And, and you got a lot of examples going back, you know, more, more recent examples. You have like the Paul Pierce example brought in. Doc Rivers had worked with him in the past, knew what to expect with him. Uh, he was still a, a serviceable player at that time of his career when he was leaving the uh, Brooklyn Nets, came to the Clippers and, 
I mean, Clipper fans, what did you feel uh, or how did you feel about the Paul Pierce era with the Clippers? I'll leave it to you. You can just sort of think to yourself right now of what you thought of that. And I mean, that's sort of what you have to expect with Doc Rivers and until he can prove for another year or two that he has changed and that he's willing to do things a little differently than he has for most of his career. Uh, that is is sort of what to expect. So I know I'm sort of rambling on here with Doc Rivers. I'm sort of just throwing thoughts at you as I'm thinking of them right here. And, uh, you know, it's difficult to know where to stop and just, you know, say, hey, Ray, shut up. Let people think about it a little bit, digest it. We'll talk about it more. But that's just my initial thoughts on this Doc Rivers stuff. Uh, I have to give that, if that becomes a thing and if it becomes that Doc Rivers science and extension, uh, I have to give the Clippers front office a a C grade on that because I'm just not excited about it. it. We could do a lot worse than Doc Rivers as a coach, but I think at this point we need a, a bit of a change in the voice uh, that's leading this team, and it's really an opportune time to make that change because you do have this Clippers team that is transitioning from that Lob City era to this new era of Clippers basketball that uh, hopefully will develop into uh, a successful franchise going forward still and not reverting back to some of those uh, horror years, horror years as a uh, Clipper fan where you had teams that could barely compete with you know, most of the league, let alone all of the league. So we'll have to see how that goes. But if, if Doc Rivers does get retained, you know, you're looking at a C or even a C minus from me as a grade on that. If I mean, if he gets extended, the, if you retain him for one more season, you're looking at more of a C plus on that. I didn't want to do that, but it is what it is and gives you one more year to sort of do that retooling instead of trying to go into a full re, rebuild mode if you had to. All right, so we've talked Wes Johnson and his. Uh, he will be back with the Clippers next season. We've talked about Doc Rivers, and it seems like the Clippers are offering him an extension. It's just a matter of when and not if that gets signed, and we're going to have multiple years of Doc Rivers. The other thing that uh, the other bit of rumors or news the Clippers have been involved in, not just over the last week or so, but it's actually been for a while now. But you know, as the off season starts progressing, there's going to be a little bit more uh, to each of these rumors that you hear. And, and the, it's the big one that everyone pretty much around the NBA has talked about here, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, seems like he's, for some reason, he's not happy there in San Antonio. Um, I don't know if there's a team rift going on or if, if maybe, you know, Kawhi Leonard's just tired of being sort of in that smaller market. He's looking to, to expand his marketing potential, uh, if it has something to do with his entourage or what it is. But the, the big rumor is, you know, Kawhi Leonard's looking to possibly get out of San Antonio. He's trying to force the Spurs hand uh, in, uh, you know, getting a trade. And the thought is that he wants to go to a bigger market, uh, New York, Chicago, uh, potentially L. LA, uh, you know, he's from Southern California, so LA would be a, a great fit for him. And the Clippers' name, you know, keeps getting thrown in there in the mix. You know, the Lakers, uh, the Knicks, some other teams have been some, uh, you know, the focus of some of the Kawhi Leonard rumors. But the Clippers seem to always get thrown in there. And, and obviously, it's because they're in a big market and they are Southern California team, LA, you know, Kawhi Leonard's from the area. So recently, Bill Simmons on his podcast uh, made his prediction basically saying that he feels or he thinks that Leonard will end up on the Clippers. Now, bear in mind, he he doesn't have any sources. It's all speculation on his part. But his thought is that that's where Kawhi Leonard will end up and that he will be a Clipper for next season. 
take that for what it's worth. It's Bill Simmons. It's a rumor. It's it's him just sort of, you know, throwing something out there. And if if it sticks, if if that rumor becomes true, then he looks like a genius. If not, he could just say, hey, I was just, you know, sort of playing GM and that was just what I was thinking. But he also stated on there that uh, to get uh, Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers would give up Tobias Harris plus both of their uh, first round picks in this draft. So you think there and, and you know, when you go that route, you also possibly have another, you know, player thrown in there, maybe a Sam Decker or something like that. And these are some of the rumors you're hearing from around uh, multiple sources. But the Bill Simmons one comes up just because, you know, he's a very well-known uh, out there uh, sports personality. And, you know, he basically said that's what's going to happen. And, and so you got to look at that now at what the Clippers would potentially have to give up to get Kawhi Leonard. And if the Clippers did have to give up Tobias Harris and two first-round picks plus filler players uh, in there, is it worth it then uh, to get someone like Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard you know, is a remarkable NBA talent. He is a former NBA Finals MVP. He is a player that always has always been in the mix for regular season MVP uh, as well. And he's... Definitely been one of those players up until this last season that you look at as a good quality team player. Uh, you know, he fit into that San Antonio Spurs system so well. So this last season just becomes this weird mix there that you don't see that often. And, you know, he was injured, but you had all these rumors start speculating that he's not really injured anymore, but he's trying to to prolong the injury because he doesn't want to come uh, back to the Spurs and that there's this team rift and all this craziness going on that you don't typically see with the San Antonio Spurs. So that's what's made this Kawhi Leonard drama, uh, you know, blow up so big and... Again, we talk about what the potential things or the potential that the Clippers have to give up. Let's even not even think about what they have to give up if it was Tobias Harris, draft picks, a couple other players here and there. You know, is Kawhi Leonard worth or is 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 it worth the Clippers? Is it worth it for the Clippers to take a chance on Kawhi Leonard coming off a injury that kept him out pretty much the whole year there? And all these rumors, you know, swirling around him that there's some sort of clash in the locker room there. You look at uh, the Clippers, the first point, you know, a, a season-long injury for Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers do not have the greatest track record when it comes to dealing with uh, oft-injured players. You look at even recent experience, you know, Blake Griffin, uh, you know, has struggled to play full 82-game seasons for most of his career. Patrick Beverly, who came over in the Chris Paul trade, he had, you know, a season-ending ending injury early on in the season. You have players in the past like Chris Paul who seem to uh, break down throughout a season and, and struggle to stay healthy. And, you know, also, again, recently, Danilo Gallinari, he dealt with injuries all season. And, and these are all players that throughout their career – have had to deal with injuries and they come over to the Clippers uh, or they join the Clippers as a rookie and they still are just dealing with injuries, you know, constantly. And so the Clippers don't have that great track record in dealing with players that have been injured and, you know, bring them in and those players stay healthy and perform, perform well and, and regain that, that magic that they had prior to the injuries. So that's one thing that you look at and you have to be worried as a Clipper uh, fan. And hopefully the Clippers front office sort of realizes this, that their luck has never been on the positive side when it comes to dealing with oft injured players or players that are dealing with major injuries. 
The other thing is, remember, this Clippers team overachieved. We talked about it there briefly just a few moments ago when we're talking about Doc Rivers. Is this last season, this Clippers team overachieved? One of the key pieces for a team to overachieve is there has to be some sort of at least good, if not great, team chemistry going on there. And, and and you saw that, you know, throughout the season, even after, you know, a potential chemistry uh, destroying trade happened midseason where Blake Griffin went over to Detroit. The Clippers got uh, Tobias Harris and uh, Bobby Morjanovic and uh, Avery Bradley. And you still saw that those players just sort of, uh, you know, joined this Clipper roster that had already grown some pretty good chemistry uh, from the tough road early on in the season. And towards the end of the season, you had DeAndre Jordan, Tobias Harris and Marjanovic, you know, dancing, you know, before games would start. And you know, that even became sort of a, a viral social media thing where people were talking about, like, who's the better dancer between those three? So you had a team with some good chemistry, and now you're looking to uh, potentially alter that chemistry by bringing in someone like Kawhi Leonard, who is not coming off his most, um, you know, Boy Scout type of a year uh, from what we're hearing from some of the rumors. Now, it's it's all rumors. It's all speculation because I don't think anyone has straight come out and said, you know, yeah, there was an issue in the locker room and Kawhi Leonard was a big part of it. Um, but, you know, it's always that 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 saying where there's smoke, there's fire. If there's some sort of smoke coming out from this and there's these little rumors dropping here and there about some sort of uh, issue in the locker room, then there probably was an issue in the locker room with San Antonio. And that's part of the reason probably why you have this, this drama now with Kawhi Leonard. So A, Clippers don't deal with injuries well. B, do you want to risk breaking up that chemistry? Is it worth it to break up that chemistry and potentially alter that chemistry in a negative way to bring someone in like a Kawhi Leonard? With that said, Kawhi Leonard, again, we said is 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 an all-NBA talent. He's an MVP talent uh, for the NBA. And I, I don't think I don't think any NBA fan, any NBA front office would tell you I do not want Kawhi Leonard on my team. I would not want him on my team. Uh, and, and you know, that's that's obvious. It's just a matter of what you'd have to give up to get him. If what you're going to give up to get Kawhi Leonard doesn't dramatically alter your team in a positive way, then you have to start questioning it. And when you're giving up a player who came over to the Clippers midseason and performed very well in uh, Tobias Harris, and you're giving up two first round draft picks, uh, you know, you're going through this sort of retooling of your team. Draft picks are very valuable in that because you can find some really good players on really good contracts. And, you know, this will be that that first offseason where really you don't have any of Doc Rivers' hands in the front office moves for what the Clippers make. It's also going to be your first offseason where you've had a full season with Jerry West there sort of mentoring your group and and being that consultant that he's being paid for. So you have to think there's going to be some sort of uh, uh, work or something something great's going to come out of the draft because that's something Jerry West has always been able to do is find those diamonds in the rough and find you know quality players later on in the draft. And the Clippers, have, although they don't have, you know, top high lottery picks, you know, the picks where they're going to be at, there's going to be some quality players in there and there's going to be the opportunity to bring in one or maybe two uh, contributing players to a, a NBA roster. So really the, the thought on there is, 
yes, I, I would love to see Kawhi Leonard in a Clipper uniform, but basically it comes down to it is the price is the price right for him. And if the price isn't right for Kawhi Leonard, then you have to to look elsewhere and you can't be uh, you can't get caught up in the hype of this really, really great player, uh, you know, and the availability for him to come to your team because if you have to blow up your roster to get them, it may just backfire on you and now you're having to retool all over again. So really it just comes down to what is it going to cost to get someone like Kawhi Leonard? And unfortunately, because he is such a valued NBA piece, there's going to pretty much every NBA team is going to throw out their what they feel is their best package to try and get them. That'll make their team better, but will give the Spurs enough uh, in return for that. So it's going to come down because he's such a good player and because pretty much every NBA team is probably going to be looking at what they can do to possibly add him to their roster. There's, you know, when you have a lot of bidders going after one thing, it's going to raise the value of what uh, teams are going to have to pay to get Kawhi Leonard. So it's, it's a tough thing. I'd love to see him in a Clipper uniform. Do I think he'll be there? Uh, if I had to put odds on it, I would say maybe there's like a 20% chance that you see him in a Clipper uniform. Uh, I, I hope the Clippers make a smart move if they do get him and they don't give up too much. But we'll just have to see uh, what happens, uh, you know, down the road and see, you know, if, you know, the rumors are correct that he's wanting out of San Antonio and, and where he's going to end up if that's the case. All right. So lastly, you know, we, you know, just to sort of throw a spin on words there, we talked, you know, you heard me say something about the prices, right? And for our final little uh, uh, bit here on this episode, let's talk about the prices, right? Uh, I grew up as a kid uh, watching prices, right? You know, religiously as a, as a kid, you know, any chance I had to, when I was home and the prices, right, was on, I was watching Bob Barker. Uh, I was listening to Rod Roddy call those uh, those names, tell them to come on down, that they're the next contestant on The Price is Right. I dreamed of one day me potentially being one of those people that got to run down the aisle and get up there and, and bid on some random uh, thing that I would never probably use or need. And unfortunately, I never got on there, but you know, Price is Right it has played a big part in my life. And uh, you know, it's actually one of the reasons I always joke about it, but I always uh, tell people that Bob Barker is the reason me and my wife got married. Uh, I'll, I'll just share the brief story with you since I've brought it up. But uh, uh, me and my wife, we knew each other through high school. We were really good friends. We were you know, almost best friends pretty much throughout high school. And uh, you know, we, you know, never, we never took it to any kind of romantic level. We were really good friends. We were best friends. You know, we did a lot of stuff together. Uh, we hung out a lot and all that stuff. Well, we did a, a, a trip to New York City, and there was a little bit of uh, I don't know. There, we we got in a little. Uh, a little fight argument and we got home and we sort of both of us said yeah the hell with it we we uh, didn't talk to each other we didn't call each other we didn't speak for a few years we didn't speak and then uh one day i'm sitting at home uh this is in my you know early 20s uh, early to mid 20s sitting at home uh i had a half day at work so i was going to work late in the day prices right was on i'm like hey you know i remember as a kid i used to watch prices right let me turn it on turn on the prices right uh, I'm doing some little chores around the house. All of a sudden, I hear someone talking to Bob Barker. Uh, I, I recognize the voice, so I go out to the TV and I see my buddy on there, uh, who is you know talking to Bob Barker. You know, he's he got to be the participant or the the contestant there on Prices Right. I hear him also yell "Happy Birthday" to my wife. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, but you know he they were there celebrating her birthday at the Prices Right. Uh, long story short, I call that friend up. I tell him, "Hey, I didn't know you were on Prices Right." We start hanging out. 
uh, start working. He, he, I got him a job at my, at my work, uh, my employer at the time. Um, and because he was, you know, buddies with who became my wife, you know, I started talking and hanging out with my wife again. And this time it ended up, we, uh, got a little bit more on the romantic side and, and here we are. I'm, I'm married. I've been happily married with her for over 10 years now. And it's all thanks to Bob Barker and the price is right. So I, I ranted along too far about my personal stuff. So Price is Right. For those of you who didn't know, um, Price is Right had some Clipper-related stuff going on uh, recently. And that's because uh, the uh, mother of Clipper's point guard, Patrick Beverly, Lisa, uh, she was actually on the Price is Right. She got called down to contestant row. And she actually uh, bid uh, had the best bid on contestants role so she got to go up onto stage with Drew Carey uh, to play one of those wonderful games where you can win prizes that range everywhere from you know uh, dining room furniture to vacations to cars right so she got on there and she uh, got one of those top prizes uh, opportunities she got the opportunity to try and win a car uh, it was uh, not the greatest of cars I'm sure you know being the mother of an NBA player I'm sure she has a pretty good car so this car may not be uh, the car that she's now driving or whatnot and you know who knows but she got a chance to go on and win a car and she played a game, I uh, uh, can't remember, I think it's called Let Them Roll or something like that, where you get five dice and they have money amounts, pictures of cars on each of the dice. And if you can roll five cars uh, with your number of rolls, if you roll five cars, you win the car. And uh, so she ended up getting a chance with three rolls. And if you, you know, your first roll, you roll the, she rolled down the uh, dice. She got two cars and then some money. So those two cars she got to keep aside. So now she has three dice and two more rolls to try and roll the remaining three cars. So she rolls those dice and she gets two more cars. So now she has that one last dice and all she needs to do is for it to land on a car to win the car. And this is what happened. You know what? You have one roll left. You can try to roll that 1500 bucks again roll and get that car. Yes. Gonna roll it? Yes. Gonna roll it. Yes. Here we go. Yes. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. We're rolling. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, one more chance for that car. All she needs is a car symbol. Let's go, 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 go! She got a car! She got a car, go get it! That was a good win, man. So what an amazing uh, opportunity, right, for a mother of an NBA player to go on to The Price is Right, and she was able to roll all five uh, dice as cars. So she won that car. Uh, you could tell she was excited about that. But, you know, her night wasn't over yet. She she won that car. Then, you know, you go into that uh, showcase showdown where uh, I think that's what call her or I forget what it's called. But it's the part where you spin that wheel, that big wheel. I haven't watched Price is Right in a while. So forgive me if my Price is Right uh, knowledge is a little off. But she spins that big wheel. And basically when you spin that big wheel, the, the person that comes closest to a dollar without going over is going to move on to the showcase. And... Uh, you know, if you do get a dollar, then you get like a little bonus prize. I think it's a thousand dollars. Well, guess what? Lisa spun a dollar on that wheel. Uh, it, it, it you got to go onto YouTube and, and check it out. There's uh, uh, I think someone got a clip of it on YouTube, but she spins that wheel. She gets the dollar and the guy that she knocks out of it. He's just standing there looking and all of a sudden he just like falls almost face first onto the floor. You have to wonder what the what the hell is going on there. But it's pretty comedy, uh, pretty comical there. But okay, so she wins a car. 
she spins the wheel, she gets a dollar. So she wins a thousand dollars and then she gets to move on to the showcase where she has an opportunity to win even more. And uh, lo and behold, she gets there and, you know, what, what do you think? What are the odds of her winning a car, winning a thousand dollars and then winning even more? Uh, well, the odds must have been in her favor. Or, uh, someone was was definitely uh, hoping her night turned out or her uh, appearance on The Price is Right turned out well because she went and uh, bid on her showcase. And here's the result. You had this Triptomatic gas car and a Hyundai Elantra. You bid $22,000. Actual retail price, $26,593. You got a brand new car. All right, so in the end, uh, Patrick Beverly's mother, an NBA mom, goes on a Price is Right, wins a car in her first game, spins the wheel to a dollar and gets her $1,000 bonus, goes to the showcase and wins her bid on the showcase, where she ends up now winning a trip to Madagascar and another car. So the NBA mom comes out with two cars, a vacation, and some cash uh, for her appearance there on Price is Right. You have to say that's a pretty good uh, good uh, day on the Price is Right. It's a pretty good outcome. Like I said, who knows if she's keeping the cars. They weren't the greatest cars uh, as far as, you know, what you would think NBA uh, uh, players and their family would be driving. But hey, it's still their, their, their cars and she won the game and she sounded excited on it. So props to, to Patrick Beverly's mom. Again, I, I think her name is Lisa. So props to Lisa. Great job on there uh, on The Price is Right. You, you, know, you got to play out my childhood dream of, of being up on the stage, uh, playing games on The Price is Right. And you know, more power to you. And, and congrats, Patrick Beverly. You, you seemed excited for your mom, too. So I saw your Twitter account. That was awesome. And, and you know, how many of you out there would have loved to be in her shoes? And how many of you have dreamed of, of being up there on stage uh, winning uh, big prizes on The Price is Right? I'm sure I know I have. So just wanted to drop that out there and let everyone know uh, if you missed that. And you can check out these videos of her on there. Uh, there's, they're all over like YouTube and whatnot. So check it out. All right, Clipper fans. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I, I did ramble on a little bit there about a few topics, but I, I just wanted to cover them. We hadn't been on. Uh, I haven't dropped you a new episode in a couple weeks here. And like I said, in the off season, it's going to be a little bit of a slower uh, release of episodes because there's just typically less news, especially early on in the off season. But, you know, with the news that came out, I had to get that to you. What do you think of what's been going on with the Clippers? What do you think uh, of Wes Johnson coming back next season? What do you think of Doc Rivers uh, and and the thoughts it looks like or the the sounds that he's going to get a contract extension? And what do you think? Do you want Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers? I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, You can always uh, let me know by tweeting to the show. uh, And that's at It's Hip to Clip. And that's I-T-S-H-I-P. The number two, C-L-I-P. Uh, you can also check our website. It's hiptoclip.com, and it's spelt out that same way. Uh, and that website, you can get uh, links to all of our episodes. Uh, we also have a blog on there uh, that I'll slowly just be releasing some some typed up stories here and there when I have a chance. It won't be that often, but uh, I just put up a piece recently um, just sort of looking back at DeAndre Jordan's career. And you also have links to all of the platforms or all the places you can find us right there at the website. So feel free to check that out. Again, tweet me uh, your thoughts on any of the topics we talked about today. If uh, you want and you have, you, this is your first time listening to one of our episodes and listening to the show, feel free to go on and, and check out some of our previous episodes. I, I always will reference 
uh, reference previous episodes when I'm talking uh, on these episodes. So feel free to go back and check them out. Listen uh, and, and share your thoughts uh, uh, with me. I, I appreciate you uh, listening along and and enjoying the show and, and keeping us going. And, you know, remember, as always, it's hip to clip.